When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boule. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boule. As always, and Christian, my friend, you are having a very good day. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it on last week's episode. Uh, this had potential to be uh, just an absolute shit day for me, and I don't know what I did to deserve both my teams winning big games, but uh, my Michigan Wolverines beat the shit out of the Ohio State Buckeyes today, uh, and the Colorado Avalanche beat the shit out of the Dallas Stars. So it's a pretty damn good day for me right now. You love to hear it. And, yep, the Avalanche, they take down the Dallas Stars – Four to one in the least weird thing that has happened for the Avalanche this week after they lose to the Vancouver Canucks in an odd game and get no result against the Nashville Predators because a pipe exploded in Nashville. So that game just never happened. So here we are expecting to be talking about three games and instead we are talking about two. The Avalanche go one and one have a night off against the Canucks and just look damn impressive against the Dallas stars for their second win in less than a week and really do just kind of claim this division as theirs. Yeah. Uh, this was a very, very big game for the Avs. Uh, I thought the stars actually came out and played pretty well considering they played a really hard fought game against the jets the night before. Uh, and they actually had their legs for a majority of the first and second period, but uh, the Avs. The Avs may have found uh, may have found a pretty good goaltender, uh, needless to say, because Alexander Georgiev was absolutely phenomenal tonight. I, I don't know what else to say about him. He was unreal, and I'm going to say it: he he should be in the conversation for the Vesna right now. He should be. It's it's kind of getting hard to deny at this point because every single night he goes out there, and his worst nights are better than most goalies' best nights right now. I mean. 
even in this game alone, making 41 saves on 42 shots, posting a 976. I mean, there's really no reason the Stars should have had one goal in this game. They they should have put up a lot more. And you look at his last several starts, 976. And then the game before against Dallas, 917. Against Washington, shutout. St. Louis, 923, even in a loss. Nashville, 914. Columbus, 969. And Columbus again, 923. And against the Islanders, a paltry 907. I mean, wow, just what? That was his worst game. That was his worst game. His his worst game was against the Jets, where he was clutch as pearls in 857. I mean, what are we even doing here? The guy's been unbelievable. These are Vesna numbers, and you can't even deny at this point. It's him, Ilya Sorokin, and who even else right now? Or just Vasilevsky, and that just seems right. Well, he's been he's been under nine ten, I think. Even. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Either him or Shosturkin. I don't know. Throw him in there. Maybe yeah. Pablo Francis for the third one. Yeah, why not? Right? <laughs> just your two leading goalies there, but I. I, I know it's still early in the season and he has to prove it throughout the rest of the season and get that workload in. But with the way Frankie's playing, you're talking, I mean, what do you need Georgie to play 50 games max? Like I mean, about that, probably 55 yeah. games. Yeah. Like he's just been absolutely phenomenal and his post to post ability is so quick. And I, I thought Gruby was really good. I thought he was moved to the post quick to quick. Georgiev would, roast him in a post-to-post battle the way he just gets to the puck um his anticipation of plays is just like you know he studies film because there were a couple times in this game tonight where the stars did the cross scene passes and Georgiev was there before the pass even got there like he's just always in the right position and i don't know like do you think it's because of the avalanche goaltending coach like why wasn't this happening in new york i just He's just so calm and he just seems so smart. I think you have to give a lot of credit to the Avalanche's goaltending coaches because it's not a coincidence that he comes to Colorado and faces a bunch of shots and just looks so calm every time he faces shots or high danger opportunities. When we had Grubauer, like he'd look like a little tense sometimes in high danger chances. Kemper the same, like Georgiev, he's just he's just kind of vibing every single time he's in net. He's just like, this is my job. I got to stop this puck. If the puck's going this way, I'm just going to grab it. And, you know, just cover it. It's, like, it's not a big fucking deal, right? Like, he's just so goddamn calm. Like, it's, it's almost unnerving in a way. It's just high danger scoring chance in front of the net, like five consecutive shots. Like, in that second period, the stars were all over us, especially with all of those power plays. He he looked like he was napping on the beach. Like this guy just does not have a care in the world in all the best ways. Yeah, I I don't know if you got a chance to catch the post game interview he did on the ice because he was the number one star. I, I think it's an honest competition between him and Lekkinen about who hates being interviewed more. Because the <laughs> I felt so bad for the reporter because she's asking like these thoughtful questions and he's just going, yeah. It's my job yeah. to stop the puck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, honestly, honestly, I think between them, it's got to be him. It's got to be like he's he's been on this before the season even started. It's my job is to stop the puck. And that's, that's really the only thing we've ever heard him say. Yeah, it, it was a hilarious postgame interview because he was just so like calm and just. Yeah, I mean, I, I did my job. Thanks yeah. for thanks for coming out. And yeah. uh, let's thanks go get for coming out. We, we love our fans. <laughs> Didn't even notice you were here. Honestly, I would I would pay money to see those two 
him and Lekin and do a press conference. Oh my God. You, be... you know that commercial Makar and Landeskog did last year? Oh, I want it, yes, I want it to be Georgiev and Lekkinen. And I I want to see every take. I want to yeah. see the exact process as to how that goes because well, it would be hilarious. They'd probably get it done in one take because they don't want to be there. Like they yeah. do one take and make, oh, it's good enough. You can edit yeah. it. Make yeah. it work. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so I just want to see I, the Avalanche social media team needs to go out of their way to just put them in like mildly uncomfortable situations and just see how they react. I don't even think it needs to be mildly uncomfortable. I think it just needs to be a normal press conference and they will give you pure gold. Um, But yeah, I mean, Georgiev was fantastic tonight. He's been fantastic all year. Need to see him continue to do this throughout the rest of the year, but I'm really, really encouraged. And to have this guy locked up for two more years on top of that at a pretty good deal, the Avs may have stole another goaltender away from a team for for a bargain yeah oh my god i mean and there's nothing about this that suggests this is unsustainable like you look at his numbers you look under the hood and everything everything about this just says yeah this is just who he is it's not like like oh some nights he has a shutouts and some nights he's like sub 800 or something like that like even kemper had nights like that at some points last year georgiev has just been the same in like every single game like even that jets game that i listed as the only one the first game in chicago was also sub 900 but those two alone he wasn't even bad in those games those were just like he didn't face any shots and he got beat by perfect ones if anything the the Morrissey overtime goal against the Jets is like the only goal this entire season that I would say maybe he should have stopped. Yeah. Like and he's every got every single game. Do you understand how fucking wild that is? That was over a month ago. Yeah. It feels like a lot longer ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm really, really encouraged by him. Uh, he's and the abs decor is only going to get better in front of him. We got Sam Gerard back, which was huge. I thought he was fantastic tonight. Uh, him and Josh Manson actually played really well. Josh Manson's box score looks very, very weird. It is a lot of numbers in his yeah, box score. Right it's now. very weird, but I thought he played well. And him and Gerard, we kind of got a taste of it in the playoffs last year. But those two together, they actually work pretty damn well. Yeah. Yeah. Those two, they are really good together. We saw it a little bit in the playoffs against Nashville and early against St. Louis before Gerard got hurt. Me and you would be on here talking like these two are a match made in heaven. They are, they have great chemistry. They complement each other really well. And immediately Sam Gerard comes into the lineup. We talked about this eats 21 minutes. And now Makar and Taze are playing 26 and 24 minutes again. Like you need this guy in the lineup. He's not bad. He is a valuable contributor to this team and he eats those valuable minutes. He had a great scoring chance set up by McKinnon as well. And Josh Manson, like you mentioned, his box score is wild in this game. Yeah, one goal, one assist, six penalty minutes, just an absolutely yeah. weird-ass game. Yeah, five <laughs> shots on goal, four hits, two blocks, one takeaway, 15 minutes. That's a lot to fit in the 15 minutes of a game. <laughs> But those penalties, I don't think were like the one he took against. I forget who he was taken into the boards. It might have been Guriana from Marchman. Um, and he could have finished the check on Marchman and put him in a very vulnerable position. But he held him up and kind of prevented him from injury. But in like the letter of the law, that is a penalty because he's holding him. But 
good guy Josh Manson, even though he seems to have it out for Mason Marshman. <laughs> he, and, he didn't and want, vice versa. Yeah, he, he didn't want to. Uh, he didn't want to hurt the guy. So that penalty was kind of a little bit of bad luck. I forget what his second one was. It may have been a hook. Um, so in order, it was interference against Mason Marchman, holding against Mason Marchman. That's right. And tripping against Roddick Foxa all in the same period. Some of those were a little questionable. It's what it's what I said on Twitter. Instead of makeup calls, we had a makeup game making up for that last game against Dallas where the power plays were six to one. Like, I don't ever want to hear that officials don't have a mandate. They had a mandate in this game that the stars are owed some calls and they took all of that aggression out on Josh Manson and Josh Manson alone. Yeah, it was, I honestly had forgot that we had six power plays in the first game. Um, But yeah, I mean the abs in that second period, it was the Alexander Georgiev show and the penalty kill, even though they gave up a goal, is continuing to show steady signs of improvement. And I, I think really like Andrew Cogliano and Logan O'Connor on a PK unit may be more like efficient than maybe Val and Lecky. I hate to say it, but they've been fantastic together. And I really like I know I've said this before on the show and we've talked about it. we're living in a simulation because it's the exact same replica of last year where it's like Logan O'Connor has come out of the gate super, super hot. And you know, the inevitable slump is coming and you're just going to be like, damn, what happened to Logan O'Connor when he was playing top six minutes for us? It, it might, it might not be coming this year. It, I th- I think he's playing better this year at this point in the season than even he was last year. He was just on a shooting percentage bender last year. Yeah. And this year, like, I genuinely think we might have to have a conversation. Like, is Logan O'Connor one of the most consistent penalty killers in the league? Like, oh, yeah. he's I'm, so good on the they penalty. Said, they said it on the broadcast, and I was kind of like, I had to sit back and look at him. I was like, wait a second. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Like, him and Cogliano are fantastic. They're shot-blocking machines. They are so – they hound whoever has the puck on the on the other team in the offensive zone. And it's – somehow the Avs penalty kill is up to 21st in the league which is pretty damn impressive considering they started the year at 50%. Yeah, they started last because they would give up every other power play. It was basically every game they were giving up two, sometimes three power play goals, and they somehow were winning some of those games still. But like you said, they had five separate penalty kills in the second period and they killed off all but one of them. They went one for five in 20 minutes. They killed off half of the period on penalty kills and somehow came out of it with a three to one lead, like just almost night and day from what they were. And it, it, the one goal that beat him, I mean, it was honestly a lucky bounce. Like it, it just bounced off like three people and went into the net. And yeah. that's what it took to beat Georgiev tonight. But I mean, shout out the PK. Shout out to NHL refs for being just <laughs> the most like, uh, what the predictable. Hell was that missed call yeah. on Josh Madsen? No oh, that... injury, no penalty. Like I, I need you to try to give me an honest interpretation. Of Did that. that sound like a scene from the Gladiator or some shit like that? Where it's like he didn't die, so it's not over. Like th- that's what that shit sounded I mean, like. We're we're determining penalties by if the player is injured. That seems very like barbaric. <laughs> yeah. Like what, like, what was that about? Like, g- give me your honest interpretation. Why? I mean, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, you can make the case that Manson hit himself in the face with his own stick, but it was because the stars player pushed his stick up into his face. Right. Um. It just, 
it, it made no sense because you stopped the play for an injury, but then you said it wasn't an injury. So why why did you stop the play? Right. So, but there's no penalty because there was no injury. Like, are you gaslighting me? Like, what's <laughs> going on here? He is injured, but there's no penalty because there's no it. We can all see it. Yeah. So what are we doing here? Yeah. I, I this is taught. We've talked about this on the show. There's just in any job that you have. I I know you're working in the in, in the workforce now. There's so much accountability held in like my job alone. And I just wonder what the accountability is for NHL referees um, because it just doesn't seem like there's any like consistency with it because we're going to get totally off topic here. But if you listen to the show long enough, you know exactly this is how we do it. In the Vancouver game, the abs get gifted a goaltender interference that goes their way. Me and you could make the case that given the rules, that's probably goaltender interference, but like if it would have gone the other way, you would have been like, yeah, okay. Last night, so by the time you're listening to this Friday night, Connor Hellbuck gets rolled over, loses his helmet, is clearly hurt, and they let the play continue, and Jamie or Jason Robertson scores and the stars tie the game. What the fuck are we doing here, man? Like it just I, there's the lack of incompetence or competence, whatever the fuck I'm trying to say for NHL referees is just astronomical. Like, I don't think, I think the NHL has the worst referees in all four professional sports. I think the saddest part is you can make the case that they're also the best because professional sports officials, to your point, have no accountability whatsoever. And it's the most absurd thing I've ever seen that they are just let off scot-free. The only time I have seen an official held accountable was who was that ref that got fired? I always Tim Peel. Tim Peel got fired for spilling the beans that they do, that they do make up calls. He spilled the beans over a hot mic, which everyone knew existed. Everyone knew this was a thing, and it still is. But they fired him for that. That is the only time a referee has ever been held accountable when they said the quiet part out loud on a hot mic. The only time. He wasn't fired for making the call. He was fired because he let the cat out of the bag. Yeah. The only time. Not like it stopped happening since then. They still do it, but they don't have... I just... The only thing you need to do to solve this is have officials answer questions after a game. Why did you make this call? What did you see? Explain yourself. That's it. <laughs> just explain what you saw. Let us in on your perspective. Have Have them wear a camera. So we can see the angle they're seeing when they make a call. Just give us something. I agree. And they're they're paid enough money that I feel like they should be held to some sort of accountability. But luckily for the abs, it didn't bite them in the ass in this game. Um, but yeah, just some sort of accountability for the rest would be great. Because I know the NBA does like a two-minute report. But that honestly pisses me off more because then you read the two-minute report. It's like, oh, we should have called the foul there. Well, why the fuck didn't you? Well, I didn't. Like, I just because, like, if we're gonna keep human error in sports, have a, have them explain their perspective. Because yeah, they're human. They're gonna make mistakes. That is a given. Anything a human is going to make mistakes. Why are we letting them off scot-free every time? If they're gonna make a mistake, I want to know why. Why did you make this mistake? What did you see? How did you think the game was going? Were you trying to control the game? Just let us know what the fuck is going on ever. That's it. And this will apply to the Vancouver conversation we're going to have later in the show too. 
because that doesn't make any fucking sense either. But still, just in the context of this game, just let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what the standard is. That's all I've ever, ever asked is a consistent standard. I don't give a fuck about what the rule is. I just want it to stay the same game to game. Just keep it keep it consistent. But yeah, I mean, they missed that high stick on Manson. In the third period, they missed a high stick on McKinnon. Like McKinnon got whacked in the face and they missed it. Um, so, missed, so not, quote, yeah, quote, missed it. Not the ref's best game, uh, but the abs just really kind of continued. We've kind of like glazed over the whole fact that the abs were, were given a power play in the first 30 seconds of the game. And Nathan McKinnon scored on Jamie Ben just being an absolute idiot and turning the puck over. Um, it was pass. good. Yeah, it was a great pass to McKinnon, but that was honestly like. You know me because I've been tweeting, calling McKinnon to get a power play goal for what, like the past four games, yeah. something like that. I finally got one. I finally eventually, got. Eventually, one. you had to be right. Yes, like eventually, I had to. My my percentage is still off, just like Nathan McKinnon's shooting percentage. Oh, you took the joke right out of my mouth. Yeah, memory. but uh, but he finally ripped one home. Uh, got got it going. I think his sixth or seventh of the year. Sixth or seventh is sixth. Yeah. So that was a great shot. Abs jump out one nothing and. I don't know what it is about Scott Wedgwood, but he always seems to play well against the Avs because I honestly think if it wasn't for Wedgwood making some saves, the Avs could have won this game like 6-1. Um, but, yeah, I mean, McKinnon gets the gets the Avs going, one nothing, uh, And then the previously mentioned Josh Manson probably scored the easiest goal of his career um, off a, a fortuitous bounce off of Scott Wedgwood and Miko Ranton just tied up two players in front and Josh had a wide open net to give the abs a two nothing lead. Um, and then a player I want to talk about because I thought their line was really good because oh, you guys wouldn't guess it. It wouldn't be an episode of the Teledavs' podcast without mentioning Evan Rodriguez is out two to four weeks with an injury. Um, so add him to the list. Again, but, and also crazy that that happens. We lose yeah. Rodriguez. We didn't get anyone back we got Gerard back a couple of games ago we did not get anyone back no and then we played better yeah it's just a rotation um but Alex Newhook played center tonight and dude I think we may be seeing the emergence of Alex Newhook he has been playing so damn well these past couple games and the goals are going to start coming for him but he's picking up points uh he, he ended up setting up Dryden Hunt for his first goal as a member of the Av a real feel good moment because Dryden Hunt has been Solid for the abs. I wouldn't say he's been good, but he's been solid in the minutes he's been given. Serviceable. Um, yeah, serviceable. That's a good word for it. And he gets his first. Newhook gets the assist. But I honestly like the way Alex Newhook's been playing. I was a little worried when you took away both of his line mates of Val and Evan both Rodriguez. Of his line mates, dude. We've taken away our entire top six. Yeah. So I've been, I was really impressed with how he played tonight. He had a couple chances on net, but overall, just. A really, really good game from Alex Newhook. Uh, Dryden Hunt gets his first. The Avs are up 3-1. Uh, and then in the third period, the Avs, the Avs really took over. The, the third period, you could tell Dallas was on the second half of a back-to-back. They had no legs left. Um, just absolute domination by the Avs. And I, I was looking at this. I was looking at before we started recording. They gave the fourth goal to Cogliano. I, ju- I just noticed that right as yeah. you started talking. Though, I was getting ready to talk about the O'Connor goal. I just realized they changed it to Cogliano. So. Yeah. Repeat of game. Was that game four? Yeah. Off of Sturms. Yeah. Uh, but again, Josh Manson jumping up in the play. Shoots for a rebound. 
Cogliano gets the goal, even though he didn't really score. I guess, I guess it went off of him. He was, he was yeah. literally in the net. Yes. So it's, it's not too hard to imagine that puck might've glanced off <laughs> of him before it went into the net, but even still the abs they're up four to one at this point. And like you said, I feel like Georgiev really exhausted the stars. I mean, they, they emptied the tank in the second period. They had five power plays. They only score on one. Then the abs, they get a goal halfway through to put them up three to one. The stars, they gave everything they had on five power plays and 20 shots. They doubled up the abs and shots in that period. And they come out of it down to the abs have had two days off, three days off in between games. Now after the van, after the, the Nashville cancellation and they're just rolling at that point. There was just really not much the stars could do. And also it's just like, I don't really think it's sunk into me just the lines in this game with Evan Rodriguez out. How the fuck are we winning anything? I, this team is so hilariously good. Our stars are so hilariously good. We have such a good fucking coach. Like we, we saw that thing that the NHL tweeted, like, thanksgiving jack adams standings or something yeah. and it was, who was it at number one uh doesn't fucking matter bednar didn't even get a vote yeah it, it's, it, it's it was uh lindy ruff the, that's right the, the i mean coach. But I no, no, no i'm actually yeah. not going to give him that at all is his team is better than expected that's what the award is best coach in the world is jared bednar you can't tell me otherwise defending stanley cup coach constantly no matter the injuries, no matter the excuses, as his team playing every single game, they are eight and two in their last 10 games. John Cooper, one of the best coaches in the league. Tampa has the same stuff. Mike Sullivan, same problems. They're not even in the conversation. The Jack Adams is a fucking joke. I never want to hear about it again. I so, mean, that's you're, what I'm was I even talking about? I just got on another round. The lines, the, the lines, lines. How, yeah. how weird they were. It's just like, Alex Newhook and JT Comfer are splitting second line center minutes. And that's the most normal thing happening. Like Andrew Cogliano and Logan O'Connor are playing consistent second line minutes and they're doing great. Yeah. Yeah. And that fourth line is Anton bleed, <laughs> Jason Megna, sample Rot, who actually, I thought they played pretty well. In I, thought that, I thought they played pretty well, but that yeah. is an AHL third line. And they yep. are performing well at the NHL level because Jared Bednar and the avalanches system is just so good. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty hilarious. Uh you have Martin Kaut, who I thought had a good game tonight too. Um th- they're all just producing right now and the coaching staff's putting them in a winning situation. The game plan's been flawless and they're just executing it. And it it really helps getting back Sam Gerard because I think if Andreas England plays this game, it might be a little bit different story. But well, yeah, uh, well who knows if Georgia finishes. Yeah, he probably gets run over when that scramble. But uh, honestly, I it, it's just impressive what this team's doing right now. Like we talked about this what a week and a half, two weeks ago, about how like we were saying if we can just go five hundred through the stretch, we'll be happy until we can get people back. We're eight and two. Like this team just refuses to lose, except for the last game, which yeah, we will talk about because it's. Every once in a while, these games just kind of before we wrap on the stars. Is there anything you want to say about the the stars game before we just? No, yeah. I think the stars are a bunch of crybaby bitches. Um, Especially and, with Glenn Denning. Yeah, and Jacob McDonald continued what Josh Manson did earlier this week and just murdered a guy. 
Um, and I just thought it was funny because Marchman lays a clean hit on Cow. None of the abs react. They're like, okay, that's a clean hit. McDonald does the same thing to Kiviranta. And Luke Gundenning gets all in his feelings and <laughs> tries, starts a fight with Jake McDonald and gets ragdolled by Jacob McDonald. Not, not like a like like I love Jacob McDonald, but you're getting you're gonna start a fight with Jacob McDonald and lose. Yeah, you can't do. Go that. home, like go <laughs> home and cry, go home and cry about it. You fucking yeah. baby. That's exactly what I said. But uh, yeah, I mean the stars are a bunch of crybaby bitches. But that's just that's just my personal opinion, and uh, I'm glad we don't have to see those guys till March. Yeah, I mean that's a huge start to this season right now. If nothing else, two head-to-head wins over the Dallas Stars in what's probably going to be the race for the Central. But it's like we said, once the Abs are healthy, it's not going to be a race no. at all. We're doing this with one line, yeah. one line, and a semi-complete defense. Well, and we the thing is, we are going to win the whole thing. Like yeah. it's not even a question. Yeah. The the thing is, is Dallas is the healthiest team in the NHL. That's not going to last. I mean, well the, well, the thing is, it might. They might just be Calgary from last yeah. year, just healthy the whole time, and then they get to the playoffs. One thing goes wrong, and they can't do it. Yeah, I mean, it's possible, but yeah, I mean, they they're ridiculously healthy right now, and I I just don't. I mean, Jamie Ben is pretty sturdy. You know, Tyler Sagan's due for an injury. Um, we did in Jason Robert Robertson's point streak. So you got a point. You got a point. Oh, he did get a point. Yeah, he got a point on the Pavelski goal because Damn they it. changed it to Pavelski getting the goal. So Robertson got the secondary. Damn it. Yeah. I I mean, if, if Jason Robertson gets hurt, that team is finished. I mean, he Robertson is legitimately in the hard conversation. Yes. hundred percent. So yeah, that's pretty much all I have from the stars. I'm glad we don't have to face them again till, till March. Yeah. I, I like so. winning both of these games and then just telling them to go fuck off until March. Mm-hmm. Like that's why, that's why I like about hockey sometimes. Yeah, it's just don't even have to worry about it. And then like teams like Carolina, we don't have to worry about until the stand-up oh, yeah. final. So, um, yeah, let's move on to probably the weirdest game. Uh, they have the – not weird, just – Just off. Yeah, just off. Because I didn't think the Avs were particularly bad, but they were just off on some sequences against the Canucks. Um, and we were talking about this before we started recording the show. The Canucks are a good team. If they get even semi-competent goaltending, they can compete with pretty much any team yeah. right now. I mean, the right West now. is the West is wide open right now. Yeah. If Calgary, if not Calgary, if Vancouver can rattle off a couple of wins, they're right back in this. I mean, yes. they're three points behind Edmonton for fourth in the Pacific and only two points behind Calgary, who is both teams have not been too good lately. Yeah. If Vancouver can just rattle off a little bit, they're gonna be in the race. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, don't think they're terrible. I don't think they're terrible, but they just got to get semi-competent goal, not eight eighty-five goaltending. That and they, they can win games. They, they got a nine seventeen in this game, and that they, they had a shot. The yeah. Avs did not play their best game. I I didn't think they played poorly. I didn't think Francois was at his best in this game. This is probably one of the worst goaltending performances we've had this season for an Avs goalie. Yeah, Frankie was pretty bad against the Kraken too, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah if, I mean, and if we're talking one a month, who gives yeah. a month? Like, I mean, Frankie may be better on the road. I think that's what I'm learning is Frankie may be a better goaltender on the road. Um, but yeah, he wasn't particularly great. Uh, I think the Avs defense struggled a little bit, but it some, was just some weird reads in this game. I mean, yeah. none, none other than the one 21 seconds in on the yes. Ilya Mikheyev goal. Nobody in the same zip code as no. him. No, but it was like, okay, it's going to be that type of game. 
Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into big payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN to bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. But even with the abs being off, they still can compete with any team. And if it wasn't for Spencer Martin making some ridiculous saves, the abs could have easily tied this game. Um, But it, it was just a very, very weird game. I agree with you that Frankie was definitely off a little bit. But you just need a little bit more from him and a little bit more from the decor. It was Sam Gerard's first game back. He wasn't particularly bad, but you could tell he was shaking off the rust a little bit. And as we just talked about with the Stars game, he really kind of shook off that rust in the Vancouver game and came out and played a really good game uh, against the Stars. Yeah. Should mention before we get too deep in this and eventually forget about which we will. Oscar Olauson makes his debut. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. He played a whopping, what, three minutes? Yeah, he played seven minutes oh, wow. in this game, as a matter of fact, and put up literal goose eggs across the board because we just, we don't trust rookies when we put them in the lineup no. whatsoever. No. Like there, there was a point where we were just getting power play after power play, and they wouldn't even put him on the second unit, even after Rodriguez went hurt. Like, I, I was a little surprised they didn't give him a little bit of a shot on the second yeah. unit, But No, it was, it, was, it was an interesting debut for him. I still think he needs a couple – like a year or two in the minors. I'm not saying he's ready. Yeah. But when the situation calls, why not give him a shot? Yeah. like Um, Just just see, like, why not? Right. Maybe you get lucky and he scores his first goal, but uh, I think he's going to be interesting prospect in the future, but yeah, I totally forgot he played. I'm I'm glad you reminded me because I definitely would have forgotten. Well, that's exactly why I brought it up because if I didn't mention it now, we both would have forgotten. Yeah. So but, to the, the game as a whole, like we said, Ilya McKay of 21 seconds in starts it all, starts us off and the abs slowly, but surely the wheels get turning. Miko Rantanen set up by Jonathan Taves in front of the net gets a beautiful Jonathan goal. Taves. Oh my fucking God. I cannot <laughs> believe I just said that, but that's, that's bad. That's really bad. I can't believe that just happened. I just saw Taves and I was, I don't know. I was, for some reason I was thinking about Patrick Kane, and Jonathan Taves. And yeah, it's okay. I'll, I'll let it slide. I was thinking about how much I don't want those guys today. <laughs> so I guess that's where that came from. But wow, I have never done that on the show. That's an actual okay. first. But Devon Taze, the better Taze, <laughs> the better Taze sets up Miko Rantanen in front of the net. That was on autopilot there. But yeah, <laughs> Taze sets up Rantanen and set up by Taze and Lekin. And now I'm all out of fucking sorts. But Rantanen gets two goals in the period. Abs look like they're back. They're doing just fine. Then we talked about a little bit the goalie interference in front gets a goal taken away for the Canucks. This was one that obviously Canucks fans were not happy about because they hate everything. I thought it was 50-50. I flipped a coin. The coin said the goal, the goal would stand and the coin was wrong. So that's, I mean, anytime there's a goalie interference, that's just what I do now. I flip a yeah. coin, 
heads it stands tails it's overturned it told me heads so it, it happens it happens but yeah i mean i think that's the first time the abs won a challenge in what seems like forever um but yeah i mean it like we talked about just the inconsistency with what's goaltender interference and not goaltender interference is maddening um i get why canucks fans were upset because the contact was minimal but it did happen and according to what the definition of goaltender interference is that is goaltender interference um it, so it also might not be in a different game, like the one you mentioned earlier. Correct. Jamie Ben ran over Connor Hellebuck, and he was literally down and hurt with his helmet off, and they just allowed Jason Robertson to score and into an empty net. Goalie interference does not exist; it's made up. They just flip coins. So, yeah. even still, the that goal gets taken off the boards. Doesn't matter anyway. Bo Horvat ties the game on almost the exact same play. Like mm-hmm. about two minutes later, it's tied again, and. You had Kale McCarr, who we'll talk about in a minute, which is going to be my main points about this game, going back to the ref conversation. But you had Kale McCarr score a power play goal, and the Avs go up 3-2 to two going into the third. Felt like it was going to be a game where the Avs just pulled away, but in the third, it just wasn't the case. Yeah, it, it just wasn't the case. Uh, the Avs got kind of gifted 5-on-3 uh, in that second period where Kale McCarr scored, and... I've really thought they were going to blow it because it was just the same thing where they were just McKinnon to McCarr, McKinnon to McCarr, and then finally McCarr put it in. It's all like it's all they keep trying to make the the McKinnon shot work. A lot of time it just doesn't, and then the second they do it to McCarr, it does work. Yeah, I mean they're just trying to get McKinnon going, uh, but it was it was a good goal, gave the Avs a three two lead, and I agree with you. I thought in the third period I thought they were going to pull away. Um, I thought Spencer Martin had played well, but I was like, there's no way he can continue this in the third period. The abs are going to put an onslaught on him. Uh, boy, oh boy, was I wrong. And uh, it's, not even, it's not even like we played bad in the third period. I, no. I thought we were fine in the third period, but Sheldon Drees, avalanche legend, ties the game for the Canucks. And then I cannot stand this fucking call. This is, yeah. I hate blaming reps. I know we have blamed reps for a lot of things in the past. I genuinely don't like doing it because it sounds like an excuse. This is one of the times where I am absolutely blaming the refs. This is bullshit. This call against Kale McCarr is not a one-off. It is not a mistake. It is a targeted call on Kale McCarr. It has happened three times where a guy skates into him on the power play while he's trying to stay on side, skates into Kale. And they call Kale for the interference when the guy falls over. This is the third time this call has been made. It is not a mistake. They do it on purpose, and it's bullshit because it doesn't make any sense. And so the Canucks, they get a four-on-four out of it. It ends in Avs power play, and they score on it. And then they take the lead. Granted, not a great goal for Frankie to give up. I'm not going to let him off the hook for that. But this call is fucking ridiculous i cannot stand it because it's not a one-off this has happened three times now in separate games with different officiating crews you cannot tell me this is not a chain they are putting around mccarr's ankles to make life easier for other teams i think it goes back to the makeup call conversation i I, to me that that felt like a makeup call because they gave the abs a five on three um but i agree it's just it's it makes no sense. Like the rule is like, I don't know. It makes no sense. Did you see the video Raj posted today though? He posted a video of it was McCarr on a power play and there was a guy skating next to him. He just stuck his hands up like this with his stick. Go, go look at it when we're done recording. It was pretty funny. 
Um, but you know it's a weird call when you get Kale McCarr upset about something because McCarr doesn't like to bitch. He usually is pretty respectful, but he was barking at the refs the entire time because what is he supposed to do? Right. What There's, is he supposed to do? You can't even see the guy. Yeah. The guy skates into him and then that guy falls over. And they call it on Kale. What? It's not like there's anything he can do or change to it. It's not like he's skating carelessly and running into people. They're running into him. There's, he's not even moving. And again, I wouldn't be upset about this if this was the first time. If this was a one-off, it's a bad call, shit happens. Three times this season, this exact same thing has happened. And it is not going to be the last time. If you're If you're on a penalty kill... Why do you not just run the guy at the blue line every time you clear the puck and try to draw an interference? Because it works. Yeah, and just sell it. Just sell that you just, just didn't sell see the him shit out of it. Turn it. Turn it into soccer. And just yeah. every time you run into someone, just kick your feet off the ice and dive onto the ground like Dakota Joshua did in this game. Like it, this maddens me to no end because it's not a mistake. I can forgive mistakes by officials. Shit happens. This is targeted. It's just it. It was. I'd honestly have forgotten about it until you just brought it up when we were recording. Well, if we, well, if we um, recorded right after this game, this would have been half the episode. Oh yeah, it would have been half the episode. But it, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of tired of like how does that even like I don't know. It, it to me, it just makes no sense why that call is called because what is like I say, what is Kale McCarr supposed to do? Like he, he's he standing. He doesn't there. even know what's coming. He doesn't even see him. Yeah. It. And it wasn't even, it wasn't like a violent collision either. It was just like he bumped into him and they it's called the penalty. Bump. It's a bump. It wasn't yeah. like Dakota Joshua like got shot and fell back onto his back injured. They bumped into each other and he fell down. That yeah. happens a million times in a game. It, it made no sense. And I love Makar's description after the game. He said, the ref said he stuck his ass out. And he's like, right. I didn't We're, we're going to penalize Kale for throwing it back. I mean, yeah. just disgusting. Disgusting let let a man let a man live. Kale, I'm surprised he didn't get suspended for it. I honestly. mean, Kale, baby, you can throw it back whenever you like, my friend. You can do it whenever you want. You will get no complaints from any of us. Yeah, it was it it, it was a crazy call, and like you said, it kind of cost the Avs the game because like Ethan Bear gets that goal, and it like you said, Frankie, you got to make that save. It, it it's just you got to make that save, uh, and the Avs go down four three. And they kind of get a couple chances. I think Taves had a chance late in the game and Spencer Martin made an absolute robbery of a save. And the Avs get to the empty net and Lekkonen's called for probably one of the softer hooking calls. Like I feel like that play happens. It was, it was, you know what the worst off. part was? It wasn't a hook. It was interference. Oh, they had right. the fucking gall to call an interference on us again. They were mocking us at that point. Granted, it was more of an interference than Kale's, but to have the fucking gauchos to make that call at that point is, honestly, I respect it. It's consistency, I guess. It's what I've been asking for. It, it was a very strange call. I feel like that scrum happens all the time late in games. Uh, and for them to call that was a little bit surprising, and it led to a very anticlimactic ending where the Canucks just skated with the puck for <laughs> the last minute and a half of the game. And the Avs lose four to three. Yeah. And also before we move on from this game, if you're a loser who throws shit on the ice, please never come back. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who threw that bag of jelly beans or whatever it was, gummy worms. You or- want to know why it happened. They literally saw on Twitter that 
that happened in the Devils game. You're like, oh, this would be fucking hilarious. Yeah, that is, that is probably also true because that yeah. was that the same day that the Devils the same the day. broken against the Leafs where they had three goals called back. At least there was some cause in the Devils yeah. game. Three goals called back. It's also yeah. New Jersey. You really want to compare yourself to New Jersey? Yeah. Let, let New Jersey handle that stuff. Let's have some self-respect for ourselves. If you throw shit on the ice, no ifs, ands, or buts, you are a loser. Do not do that shit. It is November, and we lost a one-goal game to the Canucks, who are not even in our conference. Save your throwing onto the ice for something that at least matters, you dork. Yeah, you dork. But we don't do or don't do it at all because yeah. that's fucking weird. Don't do it. Makes too much sense. You're making too much sense. But something else that needs to make sense, and I'm this is my public PSA to all Avs fans. If you go to Avs games, do not. Do not start the wave. Have we learned nothing? I can't believe we still have to have this conversation. Yes. Why the fuck would you do the wave in the year of our Lord, 2022? What is wrong with you? What we have we learned? We immediately gave up the tie-in goal. What more do you need to see? It, it People think we're being crazy. They no. really do. This but is not are. a bit. Like, this is not a bit. This is not a joke. Stop. It's a curse. It's a legit curse because I just think back to when it was game four against Edmonton. Edmonton had what, like that two goal lead going into the third period. They started the way of the abs immediately tied it. And you just cannot do it. This is my public PSA. And we joke around a lot on this show. I'm being dead serious. Stop the wave. The best part is me and Steve were sitting next to each other. And everyone in our section is doing it. And we're all sitting there like, you guys are going to cost us a goal. And everyone just kept looking at us like, oh, you party poopers. It's like, no, we know no, it. This, this is not a joke. This is not a, a funny little bit we do on the podcast. Yeah. It's like, oh, we hate people having fun. Stop doing this. It is insane. not even that cool, man. No, it's not. It's not even cool. It's like you do like, well, like uh, go to a baseball game. It's a yeah. baseball thing. Watch the fucking game. Yeah, it, it's it's a terrible idea. And I love that the Avs Twitter admin is like, yeah, you guys got to stop doing it. Like, do you understand the the social media account for the Avs is begging you to yeah. stop? Do you understand what you have to be doing for the team to beg their fans to stop doing something yeah. that isn't like throwing shit on the ice, like stop doing the wave. Nothing good has ever come from the wave. It's not fun. It's not even cool. It doesn't even look cool anymore. Cause it's not 1997 and we lose every fucking time we do this. It very best case scenario. We give up a goal. Stop. The, I had one guy on my Twitter mentions being like, uh, if the abs can't withstand fans having fun, then they don't deserve to win. And I'm like, dude, you're not understanding. This isn't just a curse for the app. This is a curse for every team. First of all, that is such a genuinely insane thing to type out and say. <laughs> if the abs can't withstand their own fans having fun, brother, we won the cup. Like, yeah, what are you me talking up. about? We're not it talking about the up. abs here. We're talking about you. Stop doing the wave. Yeah. And uh, it was, it was very funny. And uh, there was one of my, uh, I forget who it was on Twitter. They posted a picture of the, like five fans and started it. I think it was, uh, I think it was Anna, Anna Rantanen. She posted it and just circled the guys. And I was like, I knew it was these fuckers. Cause I could That's see not it far enough. I want their IP address. I yeah. want their home address and we need to make it clear. Yeah. Stop, stop we, doing this, please. Yeah. We need Anna and Flo to do a, uh, to do an investigative journalistic piece for us. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, nothing really else from that Canucks game. You lose some, you win some. What are you going to do? Like, I, I, I think the abs were a little bit off and it cost them that game. Um, some questionable officiating, which just seems to be the regular for the NHL. But I mean, it's a loss. And like I said, the Canucks are actually playing some good hockey. If they would have gotten some decent goaltending, they'd probably be on like a five, six game win streak. Yeah. And I mean, like it's a, a rare game where your goaltending just was not up to par. You had some calls go against you had some calls go for you too. You have yeah. to admit not going to rag on the officials and say it was all Vancouver because it wasn't. Again, we had six power plays. It's a loss that just happens. And when you have that sandwiched into an eight and two stretch and then you immediately beat Dallas the next game, you're fine. Yeah. If you would have told me at the beginning of the week that we'd go, well, I would have thought we were going to go like three and one because you had that national well, game. I, for, if I'd first of all would ask you like, well, you're forgetting one. Yeah. Like, well, if you would have, no. if you were going to tell me we were going to go two, uh, win two out of three and beat the stars both times would lose the Canucks. Avs fans would take that in a heartbeat. I would take that every time the Canucks yeah. game had the least impact on anything. Correct. The Canucks have no impact on us whatsoever. It sucks. We couldn't get a point out of it, but like we got four of four against the stars and they got one of four against us. Yeah. That's a huge swing in our favor. And that Nashville game, you're pushing that back to when the team's probably more healthy anyway. Yeah. So it's better for us in the long run. Yeah. I mean, again, what a fucking bizarre situation. This is also going to be another rant. Um, so sports gambling just became legal in Maryland for the first time, I believe on Wednesday or Thursday, the first bet I ever, ever place on the Colorado avalanche immediately has the game postponed. I, I did it before I went to bed and I woke up and the game was canceled. I am never betting on the team again because something bad is going to happen. You got to take that as a sign from God that they prevented you from losing the money, though. But, well, that's the thing. It's a warning. Don't do that again. I don't know Look if it was a warning. Happened. I think they Look were just what happened. Do you, when was the last time a non-pandemic related thing canceled an Avs game? Oh, geez. Probably can't. I, I couldn't name it off the top exactly. of my head. Exactly. The first, the first bet I place on this team in my state the game has a water main explode and the game is postponed. And you want me to bet on them again? Oh, I, You don't need to tell me twice. I won't do it. I will never bet on them. I will lose money. I don't care. I will I felt, do it I like, for, the, for the goodness of the team. Something bad will happen if I do it again. Well, see, here's the thing. If, if For me, for my degenerate gambling brain, I look at it and like, that's a win because you got your money back. Oh, yeah. So. Well, it's, I mean, that's fine. Well, I technically didn't because it was part of a, a parlay, but still, and I lost, but still, something bad will happen if I bet on this team again. You don't have to tell me twice. I just won't do it. I will. Okay. I know that the abs are going to get me a lot of money if I bet on them. Not me, though. If I can give you some gambling advice, though, stay away from parlays. That's where you lose your money. I I lost a dime. I'm crying. Hey, man, that's a dime you could have bought. I hit 11 of that 13 leg parlay, but that's pretty. That's pretty brutal. That's what I'm saying. They're brutal to lose that way. Yeah. Um, I should probably clarify. I had the abs separately bet, just straight up to win that game, and I also had them in the parlay because I I I realized that now wasn't clear, but. That's the first time I've ever bet on this team outside of Colorado, like in the the final where I was betting quarters for Larks in the stadium. But the first real bet I place on them, the pipes explode in Nashville. And you're you're telling me I should bet on them again? No, I mean, I I'm know. never going to do it. 
Our amazing sponsor, DraftKings, has some pretty juicy odds on the ads most nights. Oh, yes. And our our listeners have probably heard all about them at this point on the ad that I have probably already placed at a nondescript part of the episode before this, because I don't know where I'm putting these. I have no idea how long this episode's even been at this point. It's just a guess. but uh... It's just a guess, but you should probably do it anyway, especially yeah. if you are in a, a state like Maryland that just made sports gambling legal. You can use promo code THPN for access to exclusive offers, which will... Help us a lot as a network and also uh, help pay us, yes. which means a lot. Keeps us employed. but Keeps uh, us very, very much employed and able to do this. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, welcome to the gambling club. It's a great club. I had yeah. a good day today. I had a really good day today. I did. But, I lost uh, all of my pets. Oh, I had a really good day. Not to get off topic, but uh, I'm sad college football's over because I've been very profitable in college I football. Did a, I did the same game parlay on the Islanders game and I lost because it, I bet the under of six and a half. That's brutal. They scored seven. So that's brutal. That's brutal. I got, every, I got everything else, right? That's brutal. But I, uh, I, I went really crazy. And I bet $10 on the USA to win against England. You came close. It I came a close, close game. I came close. And I'm also, I'm also my last rant soccer. You had me excited for seven months for a zero, zero game. Yeah. I'm never going to forgive you for that. It was an exciting 0-0. Oh, yeah. It was for a 0-0 soccer game. Great. I'm going to tell you what. That would have been a great side TV to have on when the Avs were playing. Like, that would have been a perfect game. If the Avs played. Yeah. That would have been perfect. But as we wrap up the episode, the Avs have a big week coming up. Monstrous week. Uh, Hit another road trip, which I feel like the Avs have been on the road this entire season so far. Uh, the one game we have to talk about is it's a big one, actually. Winnipeg on the road. We've lost to Winnipeg already once this year in overtime. Winnipeg's still playing good hockey. Connor Hellebuck has been good. Probably the last really part of that, that Vesna conversation we were yeah. having here. Connor Hellebuck's been really good. Uh, I know he's banged up coming off that injury. I don't know if he's injured. I don't know if he can finish the game against Dallas. I think he um, did. I think he did too. But He's banged up. He's playing some really good hockey. The Jets in general are playing some good hockey. The Avs over the past couple of years have actually gone into Winnipeg a lot and won. I think this is going to be a really good hockey game. I I I'm calling I think this goes to overtime. Again, I just think these two teams, as they stand right now with how banged up the Avs are, this game just screams overtime to me. Uh I think the Avs are going to come out with a little bit more oomph because I think in the first meeting they took Winnipeg a little lightly. I don't know. I think we can both agree on that. They kind of came out flat and then they turned it on. It was just a little too late, but I'm excited for this game. I didn't think I'd be excited for this Winnipeg game on the 29th or yeah, 29th of November, but I'm actually pretty pumped about it. I mean, Winnipeg has been playing some good hockey. It seems like they've gone kind of hot and cold lately where they put up a good performance against Dallas. Like they did um, on the 25th. And sometimes they lose six to one to Minnesota and they're going to see Chicago before we play them on Sunday. I think they're 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 bound to cool off a little bit. Yeah. I don't think they're a top tier team in the Central Division like we are, but they're hanging around for the most part. They have an identical record to us, and they they just keep finding a way to to win some hockey games every here and then. So if you if you can go into Winnipeg and win this game, you really are putting your stamp on the Central Division before November's even out. Like yeah. technically you're still three points behind Dallas, but they have three more overtime losses than you in three extra games. So are you really behind that much? Not really. They're going to pass the stars before too long. And I hate to say it, but we're probably going to be talking at the end of December. Like, boy, this, 
this race is not very interesting. No, I mean, Winnipeg has had such crazy luck in overtime. I think they've won like six or seven games in overtime already this year. I was looking at their, I think a couple episodes ago, I was looking at their thing. They've only half of their wins are just in regulation. Yeah. (laughs) Like they're bound to have that luck go the opposite way here soon. So I think the Jets will fall off a little bit, but it's going to be a fun game. Um, I'm going to say just because it's overtime, I think that luck turns away. I think the Avs win just with the way Georgiev and Hellbuck are playing. I'm going to go 3-2 in overtime. I'm going to say 4-2 to the Avs win it in regulation on the road. I like it. I mean, the Jets' defense is not good. They it's, just aren't It's good. really not. It's it's Connor Hellebuck making them look good. I mean, the Jets very well might make the playoffs because the West is not dangerous at all this season. And if they can just sustain some decent play for the rest of the season after this okay start, then they're going to be fine. Like they're, they're five points clear of Nashville and Minnesota, three points clear of St. Louis, and they have the two games in hand. They're a fine team as of right now. They might be a playoff team could potentially be a first round matchup if they sneak into one of those wild card slots. So who knows? Could be a little little playoff preview coming up for the abs. I'm just looking at this and it's just such an anomaly because you look at every other team, the abs are in second place. They have their plus 21 goal differential. <laughs> the team Winnipeg was the exact same record as them is plus five. Yeah. <laughs> make that make sense. Like yeah. the, the stats will work out. And then you have teams like, like Vegas has really cooled off. Uh, they're only plus 19 goal differential. Somehow St. Louis is in the second wild card spot with a minus 12 goal differential. I mean, <laughs> in that losing streak, they got, Torched. Yeah, that's like true. they got absolutely torched. Like I had to, I had to drop Jordan Cairo because he was killing my team. Yeah, but yeah. they're they're back. They had an amazing comeback against Florida today as we're recording yeah. this. So they're, I think St. Louis is back in that playoff conversation without question. I think they're the third best team here. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Abs. I mean, they without any of their roster, like we're we're legitimately talking about second line Andrew Cogliano. They're plus twenty one which is third best in the NHL behind number one Boston and number two New Jersey, who are the hottest teams in the league right now. The Avs do not have their team right now. It doesn't exist. Those teams are fully healthy now. (laughs) Yeah. Like they, both of those teams are like as healthy as they can possibly be, which is crazy to say about Boston because they were fucked coming into this season. New Jersey is really healthy outside of Palat. We are missing essentially everything outside of our top line on our on our offense again second line andrew cagliano is crazy but it's working and when this team is healthy i don't have any reason to believe we're not going to win again because we're going to make more additions at the trade deadline like at least a center and another defenseman maybe I just don't, if we're playing this well with this roster in important games, like we're not beating Buffalo, we're not beating the Senators, like we're beating Dallas twice, we're beating Carolina twice, and we're getting good goaltending, but it doesn't matter. They're part of our team too. That was supposed to be our weakness coming into this season. I see no reason as to why we can't do this again. I don't either. I, I really don't. I, I think this team is, they'll be fine. We just got to get through these injuries and they'll be good. Um as we close the episode, I did just want to mention we're 21 games into the season. Anaheim got their first regulation win earlier this week. Oh yeah. If if we talked about the the Vancouver game the the night after it happened, 
I would have mentioned like, yeah, it's a bad loss, but this is probably like the fourth worst loss of the day for anyone. The Rangers handed the first regulation loss to the Ducks and we're, they are 21 games into the season for them right now. They're minus 35 in goal differential. Like, Holy shit, like that loss sucks for the Rangers. I mean, potentially Connor Bedard and Trevor Zegris on the line is pretty gross. Yeah, that would be fun. And then the same day, the Coyotes shut out the Carolina Hurricanes in Hilarious. Carolina. Hilarious. Hilarious. The Blues lost 6-2 to the Sabres. Hey, Sabres, Sabres may be back. At Sabres Nation, I love them. Uh, They're plus three. Yeah. Plus three goal differential. They're the anomaly in the bottom of the league. They're the oh, only shit, team man. that's good for them. Plus. And he, and yet the Devils get their their winning streak snapped and they they threw shit on the ice like our our loss would didn't even register in terms of like league wide impact. Yeah, we were good, but overall successful week. We had a pipe break. Abs still go two and one in during the week. Big week coming up. We'll be back on Tuesday to recap it all. I don't think I have anything else, man. Oh, we've somehow like again like we should mention it for me. It is two thirty in the morning. Like <laughs> this is just another example of. Sometimes we just record late. Somehow we have gone over an hour once again because we just find we just find a way, man. We just, we just do it. Just we just do it. Sometimes. So before we go too much further, we're going to wrap here in lieu of me getting any sleep whatsoever <laughs> because I haven't. This episode has not even rendered yet. I have not even hit stop recording yet, and it is two thirty at night. But we're gonna wrap this one up here. Huge win for the Avalanche against the Stars on home ice, following up a. Much to be desired performance against the Canucks. That loss already in the rearview meter. Don't care about it anymore. You beat Don't Dallas, care. your biggest competition at the moment, and you're looking real good as you're looking to get some guys back here in the near future. As Val is closer to returning, Byram's closer to returning. You're hoping for the lower end of the the table with Evan Rodriguez and his injury at the moment, but things are looking good for the Abs at the moment and. That's going to do it for us on this edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you all so very much for tuning in. As always, use promo code Tell It Abs It Is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. Use promo. I just I was just going to say it again for some reason, <laughs> but you can follow us on Twitter at NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay, and you can follow the show at Teledabs is. I mean, if you really want to use promo code Teledabs it is on Seeky, you can do it. I'm just so excited about it. I just can't stop talking about it. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in and we will catch you all next time talking about the Winnipeg game. But until then, let's go Abs.